0: you're good
1: you're
0: all good. right we're recording now
1: yep
0: okay well to anybody that has listened to my other episodes you know my aim is to talk with people from different cultures and worldviews and, world views. and uh, also if you've done any traveling uh you know that you don't have to leave the country to learn about uh, different cultures and perspectives so with that said my guest today comes to us from atlanta georgia Sterling Mack, thanks for coming on Project Perspectives.
1: No, thanks for having me. Uh, I got to say, I'm in I'm in Los Angeles at the moment, so we can we can talk a little travel okay. as well. But um,
0: yeah, we'll talk it's, about uh, the culture. I'm I'm well acquainted with the, the culture there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, seriously, thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, so I started doing uh, just a little bit of Google searching, just trying to jog my brain about hey, what can we talk about in, in Atlanta? You know, Georgia and Atlanta specifically. And, man, I had never thought about how much uh, Georgia, and specifically Atlanta, it's been a huge part of the country's history. There's a lot there. There's a lot of culture. A lot of, you know, James Brown came out of there. There's a lot of music coming out of there. Uh, I mean, the history with Martin Luther King, the whole civil rights movement, civil war type stuff. And I was pretty fascinated. So I don't think we're going to have any shortage of topics, topics today.
1: No, absolutely not. It was always interesting when I when I was super little. We lived in this place in like Marietta. I lived like outside the city, um, kind of where the Braves kind of play now, right? Um, okay. And yeah, we I would find these like little Civil War like artifacts. So I lived really close no to kidding. like Kennesaw Battlefield and Lost Mountain and stuff like that. So when I was like a kid and, you know, it was a like different being a kid in the 90s, right? You take your bike out. It's like wow. got to be back before the lights come on, right? The street lights. And yeah. yeah, we would just find like random stuff all the time that people, you know, hadn't hadn't had never seen. And I would like, you know, bring it to my dad and be like, "Oh, it's probably just like a shell casing from like the Civil War." Like, oh,
0: okay, you're kidding me.
1: No, wow. no, so it's did, always really does- interesting. Always really interesting to kind of think through and obviously that history kind of being being there. If that you know what I mean, like being around. Yeah, you it yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's actually been uh, it's kind of a buckle list thing for me to go and. and- look at some of these different sites and learn some history there. that, but you grew up right in it. Does it have some extra type of meaning to you then growing up with it?
1: I mean, it's part of who we are as a country, right? I'm a huge history person. Mm-hmm. So I think anytime that you can kind of think through or, or understand more about where you come from or about why something happened, right? So you don't repeat it, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. is important. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was always something that was there. Um, obviously, there's some people that truly kind of love that stuff, and you're like, they would there'd be like reenactments out there. You're like, oh well, that's that's something when I grow up, I don't want to do on the weekends, right? <laughs> but uh, it was, yeah, it was always kind of cool to have that have that around you, right? And then to understand, you know, some of the effects of, of things like that. Dude,
0: that's fast. That, that is not something I expected to come up today, but. That's a great story. So tell me, what uh, what's your what's your favorite part about Atlanta? What do you love about, about being there?
1: Honestly, to me, especially as I've grown, I've gotten older. Is I love the fact that it is it is it's like a mecca of of black people. You get you get this di- I don't want to say dichotomy. You get this you you get every levels right of of what, of what we are as people of our culture right. Um, mm-hmm. And then the wealth of black people, I think is really interesting there. So, um, when you're in the city, I think it's something that you just notice immediately is like you go to other cities, right? I don't know if' like you're, you're in like St. Louis or I was in Tahoe this past weekend, right? And you're just like, oh mm-hmm. man, there's there's no black people here. But when you go to Atlanta, uh-huh. you're always gonna see black people and black people of all different types. And again, the wealth there, I think, is really interesting. And so it's something that, as I again, as I've gotten older, I just, I honestly love it. I love going back and just like feeling the energy of the city, seeing different people interacting with people that they probably never talk to. Right. But they're in a bar with them. You got to talk. Right. And I, yeah. I always have loved that.
0: So it's funny that you bring up the wealth thing, uh, because I was, again, prepping for this, trying to uh, have some information. And, and I listened to a podcast and they mentioned specifically that Atlanta is the city where you see real black wealth. So, can you explain? Because that's the first time I've heard that. Can you explain what that means?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, the city of Atlanta like took off, right? Uh, Really starting in like 1980 and then, you know, the dot com Mm -hmm. era and everything like that. And for whatever reason, we're not, I'm not talking like athletes and celebrities. That's definitely there, right? Like the dream. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Like Andrew Jones or whatever, right? But there were a ton of people. uh, I guess I can kind of include, we're not like wealthy, wealthy, right? But like my father as well, right? People that, got really great jobs at that time as, as the city is booming and then, you know, really, you know, made a name for themselves, which is really cool. And so, yeah, it's something you don't see in other cities. Right. And that's, again, I think that's really cool thing about it is, you know, you could be, you know, San Francisco is like an example where I used to live in that city where like you just again, you just don't see those type of people there. Those type of people, You don't see black people there um, in the city. Right. And especially wealthy black people. Yeah. And that's a whole cool thing about Atlanta. So, um, yeah. And, and again, it, it really just kind of happened because the city and the infrastructure took off in the 80s. We've always had like black players uh-huh. and things like that of Atlanta and okay. you know people were t- able to take advantage of it. Sure.
0: I get how has that had any sort of effect on the culture? I mean, you, you mentioned you go to uh, St. Louis or, or other big cities that there's a dark, yeah. black population, but maybe they're not making the kind of money they are in Atlanta. What has that meant to the culture? What kind of ha- effect has it had on you?
1: Um, I don't know about me. I mean, I think the culture. I, I think when you when you hear hip hop culture, if I'm being honest, like I think a lot of that mm-hmm. derives out of Atlanta. You know, I think a lot of it yeah. comes from like the fact that. You know, you've got trappers and you got like true artists and then you've uh-huh. got people that are, you know, CEOs and things like that big type of money out there. And it's all kind of intermixing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and sure. so when I think when you talk culture, yeah, I think you have to always like include Atlanta in that. Right. That's always going to be in that conversation, especially when you're talking like what our culture is, like hip hop and things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes all the way back to I mean, does it have roots in like James Brown and, and it goes way back the day doesn't
1: it a little bit i mean there was like you know the great migration right which is like the 30s and 40s right because the kkk uh yeah the great migration happened in the south because you know the kkk becomes very rampant they they start to do the things that they were doing at that time right lynchings become very regular sundown towns become very uh very serious for people it's very hard for people to travel around the south so a lot of black people um you know I, this is after reconstruction they leave the south and they go to like places like detroit and chicago and things like that right so motown that's right. why motown is in detroit uh but to mm-hmm. your point everyone's roots were in atlanta so i think as as the city kind of came back with mlk and things like that in the 60s and people were like all right we want to we want to try to come back now come back home all those people then were able to get back back to where they're racked to where they're from set up home set up you know their legacies and things like that and then You've seen the, um, yeah, you've kind of seen the effects of that. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Um, so you mentioned MLK. He was obviously uh, big in Georgia, I think, Mon- Montgomery and Atlanta. What? How does that show up in the city there? I mean, I- I'm living in Des Moines, Iowa, and we have MLK Parkway. So obviously he's big yeah. across the nation. He did amazing things. Everybody knows, uh, you know, the I Have a Dream speech. Did amazing things for the, company, or for the country. How does that show up in the, is there a great uh, pride in that? How does he show up there?
1: Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. So it's, I, I look at the legacy a little differently, right? So I went to this, this school. It's called Love It. It's a private school. And I remember I did – not had to, but MLK Day came around and I did some digging. And I found mm-hmm. out that my school actually at the t- – uh, you know, back in – I think this was like early 70s, didn't allow MLK's kids to, to go to the school, Right? And so I think the legacy is in so many ways. Right. It's like what obviously what he stood for, the things that he has done right for the country. And, you know, I just kind of talk about that some of the maybe the the baby steps we've taken back. Right. But, yeah, the legacy is always there about striving to be able to put black people in a place where we're 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 in the same conversations. We're in the same room with everybody else. Right. We looked at the same. Mm And I always thought that was interesting about the school that I went to. It was like, man, like he fought so hard for me to be able to something I don't even think of right every day. Like I'm, I just go to the mm-hmm. school. Right.
0: But yeah. that's something
1: that he had to fight for previously. And that's I think that's the legacy is like and, and again, I think we don't think about it. Right. Because it's like you go to the yeah. restaurant or something like that um, and yep. you're just sitting there. But that's something that they fought for. And I think that's always something. we yeah. to
0: think. Yeah, well, I'm shaking my head, not because I know what it's like to be in your situation. I don't. But actually, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was I realized, uh, you know, being in America, you know, you'd have to go back to my grandfather's, uh, you know, my my grandfather was on the beaches of Normandy and and went all the way through World War II and was at the Battle of the Bulge and all this. And, um, you know, he grew up through the Great Depression. It's like, man, he saw real suffering and went through real things and did a lot to, to build this country. And I'm not here to say that America's perfect, doesn't have faults, obviously it does, but man, I've had an easy life. And unless I uh, look at these things like you're talking about, uh, you know, how, how would I, I'm not gonna be able to experience those things. So I need to learn from history and, and what they had to go through to really appreciate what we have here.
1: Yeah, I think that is, it's so interesting, right? I think we do, we live in this amazing country. Um, and I mm-hmm. think anytime you try to like say like oh how do we make it better how do we how do we do those things right people kind of like mm-hmm. quickly attack you um, yeah yeah it's cool I love I mean I said it at the beginning I love looking back through history right some of it's dark some of yeah. it's like painful but it's really cool to understand some of the things and where we've even come from right or where we've where we previously were and to understand mm-hmm. why some of the things are happening um, so yeah it's it's just one of those things that I think it's part of part of what we should be doing right is like people as we try to try to get better
0: yeah yeah hey let me ask you uh as us I, I came across this what is uh is it ponce de leon street yeah am i saying that right what yeah, does that P- mean to atlanta that 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 came up in multiple different videos i watched
1: Uh, I mean, it's (laughs) now it's an area that's like super uh, gentrified and things like that. And now there's like tons of new apartments and stuff like that. Uh, but it used to be a place where, um, yeah, I mean, it was in like a kind of a different neighborhood and, and there were like different bars there and different places where people Mm -hmm. would go. They actually are, excuse me, a couple of the bars that, uh, one of them was like iconic to Atlanta. called MJQ, which is now like being destroyed and everything. So I, Mm. I would say. I don't know about like the long history of it. Obviously, like the Spanish explorer there uh, being in Pots, sure. but like, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's been iconic in like what the city is, right, and how the city's kind of developed and everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of uh, what I grasped was there's a lot of uh, cultural roots there, but it, it also seemed like it had some sort of connection with the civil rights era and the dividing of the city and um, kind of divided the north and the south, is what I gathered. But uh, I didn't know if it had a real uh, meaning or connection to you or not.
1: It might, I mean, you know, it's so interesting how lines have always been drawn, right? To your point, mm-hmm. um, I, I honestly didn't know that if that was, if that is the case, actually. So I could uh, be wrong always, too.
0: So.
1: <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's, it's always interesting, right? We're like, where, where did they draw lines? Like all that type of stuff. But no, I mean, to your point, there's a part of Ponce that was always a little, you're like, ah, I got to like kind of watch where I am right now. Um, uh, yeah. And then now it's totally, totally like revamped and totally changed, you know?
0: Okay. Yeah, cool. So, so we talked about uh, Martin Luther King, him being a hero. Obviously, you having a connection with the high school. Mm-hmm. I, I, didn't at the beginning. I don't think I introduced how we, we met. We're actually old friends. We played baseball together. Uh, you were an absolute stud. Played at University of Indiana, center fielder, hard nosed player, and and even classier guy off the field is what I remember. I what, appreciate so that. being in being in Atlanta. What does uh, Hank Aaron and him the home runs, you know, the home run that was announced by then Scully, by the way, my my late friend. But uh, does that – what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was – it was always someone that you kind of looked up to. Uh, He was always at Braves games. I had season – we had season tickets growing up. So, like, you would kind of randomly, like, kind of look up and see him and things like that. I didn't know this either, but, like, you know, when he passed, my dad was like, oh, I've got the newspaper clipping from when – Uh, You know, he hit 715. Uh, And I was like, oh, my God. And he like sent a picture of it. Um, Yeah, always someone, you know, my dad, I got into baseball because of my dad. And so my dad, that was one of my dad's heroes, right? Him like Willie Mays. Um, Mm -hmm. And so to be able to be in that city and to be able to play and kind of play at a good high school and win a state championship, all those type of things like it was always kind of like a backdrop, right. Of being able to, you know, obviously connect with my dad and stuff like that. Right. But also have this like, mm-hmm. kind of you see that I thought was really cool um, to kind of follow in something that Hank Aaron did.
0: Yeah. So it, it must admit something to your dad. Did your dad tell a lot of stories about it? I mean, for him to save that, that newspaper clipping, um, you know, he, he knew what it meant at the time. Did, did he talk a lot about it?
1: Uh, a little bit. I mean, he's always talked about the, the chase. Right. And I think mm-hmm. just how crazy that time was. Right. Like the death threats and everything. And talked about how, you know, just how, how wild it would have, have been to have, you know, been going to different hotels and having to like think through the security aspect of it, all that type of stuff. Right. Um, yeah. then the actual like feed of it. Right. My dad was like, I mean, like hey, garys not a huge dude. Right. Like he's not this, like, yeah. he's not Jose no. Canseco. Right. Uh-uh. And so my dad would always talk about like his wrists, like how strong his wrists were and how he'd like pop it, like pop his wrist on the ball. Right. And so uh-huh. and I think to your point, when that happened, I mean, you know, anytime, you know, especially when you're like a minority, anytime someone does something really cool, you're like you're just going crazy for them. Right. And so my dad always talked yeah. about sitting in front of the sitting in front of the TV, like, you know, small TV in the living room and watching Hank Aaron hit that and being like just feeling so proud. Right. That a black American. Yeah. Did that.
0: Yeah, yeah, So are, are uh, those type of firsts, are those really important? I mean, to me, again, being from a, a majority population, I never thought I just any feat, any sort of accomplishment or success by anyone is cool. But I mean, uh, over the last, you know, what, 10, 12 years, you saw, uh, we saw a first black president. Now we've seen a first black vice president. And do those I don't want to get into politics. I don't, I don't care to talk about politics, but just seeing those firsts are those important to you do those impact you
1: oh absolutely i mean it's hard not to be affected by it you know uh to see mm-hmm. i mean again going back to like everything that mlk fought for even hank aaron right those type of people that mm-hmm. were on the front lines of the civil rights movement to see people in those type of seats i mean it's huge uh it makes yeah. you feel like oh my god like i can actually go achieve that you know um and yeah. that's and that's honestly anything i mean when will smith you know wins an oscar and you're like oh he's the first black man you know like whatever right and you're like oh my god like that's crazy to even think about but like that's yeah. so amazing that like that finally kind of happened like that's fine we finally broke through right and i think every minority yeah. feels like that, right it's not just black people it's yeah. like asian people it's you know it's hispanic people like yeah. at any time you see someone do a first you're like man that's that's super cool like i can't wait for someone to do the next one you know
0: yeah Yeah, and that's where I think I was a little bit naive uh, because I'm like, well, you know, you have enough people come along. Eventually, you'll have a grade and they'll do it. But again, being from a majority ethnicity, I didn't realize how important that is. So let me I want to dig a little bit deeper on this, if you don't mind. It seems like this whole time we've been kind of touching on race, which was not my full intention. But (laughs) let me say this. I realized something. Uh, I don't know, maybe this was a year ago. I subconsciously or, or just the way I view the world. I was like, well, I'm going around. I have a lot of interactions with people of different cultures and I, you know, I've never hated from any other culture. So maybe racism really doesn't exist. You know, I'm a white person. I don't hate people. So I'm racist. And I realized, well, just because I don't, doesn't mean there, there aren't others. You know, I, I, I guess I, I became clear of my, uh, my unconscious, uh, view there yep. so do, do you do you think there's there's racism in america today is it still a problem
1: yeah i mean it's it's always gonna be a problem right like we're never gonna get out of get around what race is what race means to us sure um, sure, sure but i think i think it's more prevalent right like it's things that happen think the bad things that happen are more prevalent because of social media
0: it's hap- it, it's uh, racism has increased because of social media
1: No, I wouldn't say that, but I think you, I think it's in your face more, right? I think it's, you're just more aware of it. Got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's institutional racism or just like blatant racism. Like those are always, I think they're always going to be there to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, But I think now you you can't avoid it. Good. Sorry.
0: Sure. No, no, no. Uh, I just, I want to see if I can clarify this a little bit. So I've started to hear more terms like systematic race, you know, systemic racism and, and things of that nature. So can you help me identify, is it, uh, does racism, does it exist in the laws of our country? Does it exist in our subconscious, uh, you know, biases? Is it uh, systemic type things or is it just on an individual basis? There are a few people that are racist and, you know, that's just the way that, I, I don't know if you understand the question.
1: Yeah. Not, I, I think I do. Yeah. I mean, race, I, I don't think a, I don't think a law is racist. I, I can't think of a law that's racist. Right. That just like okay. goes after certain types of people. But I think the people that police the laws or the way in which they, those enforce enforced can be, can be racist. Right. Those policies can be enforced uh, racially. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, if you look at traffic okay. stops and things like that, right. Those are typically like skewed towards one, towards one type of person. Right. Uh, and okay. then, institutional racism is like you know wells fargo right just had to pay out a ton of money right to the sec because they violated essentially like civil rights laws right where they're they're giving bad loans to just black people right or there was a viral picture mm. of like a black family that that they got an appraisal for their house and it was like four hundred thousand dollars and they took all the pictures out of their house and then the appraisal came back for eight hundred thousand dollars, right like stuff like that happens on like a daily basis and we also we always oh. know like, how wealth is generated right through like home buying and and things like Mm -hmm. that, right? Stock market. So when those, when people that are racist or the institution is racist, right? It's always gonna be skewed towards one side or the other. So that's what we talk about when we say institutional racism. Okay, fair. So
0: what are, uh, uh, I I can't imagine I'm gonna be able to solve this tonight, right? Uh, (laughs) A lot of people have have tried to solve this in the past. I don't think I'm gonna, to be the one, but what are some solutions? What's, What's the pathway forward? I mean, is it, conversations like this, is it, you know, things like CRT, is that good? Is that bad? Is it, you know, what's a pathway forward that we can all have a more prosperous and happy life? You
1: still with me? I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, I just, I hope people just like at some point, just like kind of get out of their own way. Right. You got to stop worrying about other people. Mm -hmm. That's probably the easiest thing to do. But I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how to solve it. I actually, Daniel Kalua said something, which was kind of funny. He said it a year ago on a ringer podcast. He was like, he was like, I came into this game in 88, meaning like I was, I was born in 88. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to solve yeah, this. Yeah. Right. I think that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> it's, it, Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to solve people being like bad or, or shitty to people mm-hmm. because of this, the, the, the you know their skin color right that, that's such a crazy yeah. thought process um yeah and so i don't know but i mean it definitely helps to have more people people of different colors different backgrounds in in those type of rooms i say those rooms like decision making rooms right so the higher mm. i think people get right it's better if, like you bring up someone that's like a minority or something like that i just think it, i think it helps you to perceive the world differently um, I started you started to see that on different boards or in venture capital, stuff like that, right, where those those rooms are starting to change. And now, you know, the people that are getting funding are changing or, you know, just our landscape is changing in those ways. And, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that just helps helps in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I think I was listening to uh, maybe it was a Joe Rogan podcast and I like the way he explained. He, he explained what he, he thought was the echoes of slavery and how, he, you know, when slavery ended everybody was free. Yes. But they were never set up, set up to succeed. And once you're in that cycle, it can be hard to get out of that and get into real wealth. And, and that's, I guess ultimately that's what I was asking earlier when, when you said that, uh, Atlanta has, has generated real wealth. If it's, if it's changed the, the culture or the way people view each other or, or things like that. So, um, uh, it's an interesting conversation. Um, uh, you know i hope things improve i think you're right i think it's maybe more in our face now with social media so i didn't know if hey maybe it's coming back to more of a thing now but uh, as you pointed out maybe we just we, we see it when before we were in our own bubble and we weren't aware of it
1: right yeah yeah it was an undertone right it's like it's it's a tough thing i'll say back to what you just said there on the like being set up like the tough thing is, like, how would you be set up if you weren't being taught to, like, read or something, right? Or you weren't allowed to right. read, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I think the tough yeah. thing is a lot of times the the incumbency is always on, like, black people or Hispanic people. And it's like, man, like, why why can't they do X, Y, and Z? Well, it's like for so long, like, they couldn't, right? I mean, you know, my mm-hmm. I feel like my grandfather did fairly well. Um, You talked about, like, yours coming out of World War II. My grandfather was also in World War II. And, like, it's one of those where he gets That's back great. and he – he works at Sunoco, but he's making 25 cents where his counterparts are making a dollar. Right. So, Mm, yeah, you know what I mean? So stuff like that, where it's like the wealth that's even generated then isn't the same wealth. Right. And so that's the thing I think is always interesting where we're, I think we're finally getting to a place where you see more people in the workforce, more people being able to have like six figure jobs and stuff like that. And being able to make, you know, you know, lasting wealth for their families.
0: Yeah. Did your grandfather tell stories about that? Did did he talk about World War II or when he got back?
1: No, I mean, I wish. Uh, He died when I was three, so I didn't really Mm -hmm. know him. Um, Sure. My dad's never really talked about that type of stuff. Um, So, no, I I mean, I know that he played baseball, actually, which is super cool. I've tried to, like – I tried to reach out to, like, uh, Bob Kendrick of, like, the Negro Leagues Museum and, like, see if they know anything. Like, I'd love to just see, like, a picture like, what it looked like because, you know, they were going around and playing, you know, different uh, different countries he, and stuff like that. He right? played at that
0: level? He played in the Negro Leagues? Uh,
1: I think that's right. And then I, I think that's how he got on – I don't know how he got on the team, like, in the Army, but he was on the Army baseball team. And so when they went over to Europe, wow. like, he would go play. Like, that would be – the I don't want to say that in a weird way, but that'd be the entertainment, right? So they would go play against, like, you know, other countries. Um, And so, yeah, which is super crazy. And so I would just love to see, like, a picture or something, but I've never never been able to find it.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot of really cool history there. Uh, You know, it's in in one mind it's it's sad to think it's segregated, but also the Negro Leagues has so much to offer, so many great players. And then Jackie Robinson breaking the barrier, you know, he's a hero. So, really cool that your grandfather played in that. And, uh, you know, I wish I could thank him for his service overseas because I think they did a great service for us.
1: Yeah. Crazy thing about, right? Like 19 years old, like jumping on a beach in France and being like, oh, shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Storming the beach. Yeah. After, you know, living through the Great Depression. And, um, you know, now if, uh, if my $1,000 iPhone isn't working properly, I complain about it
1: yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. right the work, you're yeah. Like, what is going on, right why did i pay for this
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah completely completely different lifestyles well man that's awesome i really love that love to hear that i'm not surprised to hear that he was a great baseball player after getting to watch you so i really enjoyed, enjoyed playing with you man
1: no i appreciate it yeah same if it's uh it's crazy i was thinking back through that like how good like our team was so good it's crazy like uh, I remember we lost, though right? – I think we lost in – I forget, right at the end. Like we, we were about to go to the playoffs or something, right? Like we had two games to yeah. win. I think we kind of took it for granted yeah. or something and then like lost. Oh um, well, yeah. But well, like, we like made it – go ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, we made it pretty – was that the NBC tournament? We made it pretty far in the NBC tournament, didn't we? Was I, Dude, I ended up playing in Wichita for like four summers. So they oh, all did kind you of really? went together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I remember playing with you, uh, you know, in center field, and I think that was the same year that uh, Jason Wysong was on our team, and he's yeah. a good friend of mine. I still talk to him. Uh, still talk to some of those guys, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, I guess yeah. let me ask let me ask you this: you you've traveled all over. It sounds like you travel a lot for your job. You're in LA right now. Was there anything once you once you left Atlanta and then you came back to it? Was there anything that you noticed then that hey, this is this is specific to Atlanta. This is culturally specific here.
1: Um ooh, I mean, yeah, I think like what I said earlier, like the so I've lived now, I've lived in uh Atlanta, I've lived in Charlotte. I lived in Bloomington, Indiana for school. Um mm. I kind of guess can count that summer in Wichita, been in San Francisco yeah. and now LA. I think the thing I noticed the most about like somewhere in this like I when I lived in Charlotte, right? I was like, man, like this is four hours from Atlanta but it couldn't be farther from Atlanta right it couldn't feel farther from Atlanta you know really and that's a southern city very theres southern yeah. roots all that type of stuff but it it felt different being there than being you know being home right and again a lot of that was just like the black the black wealth and just like the the sentiments mm-hmm. of the whole city right the vibe of the city um, mm-hmm. but I think when you get to like yeah I, I think that's the cool thing about America right like you know I I mean, going abroad is amazing and don't want to stop you from doing that. But it's cool to see other places within the country because you get these different pockets. Right. And I think yeah. that's one of the cool things that I love. Like I, we try to go up to the northeast a little bit to like the Cape area or like Martha's Vineyard. And like that's a completely different person than like someone in Seattle. Right. Or the Pacific yeah, Northwest. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so right. it's, just, it's cool to see like the differences in the different pockets and how people interact and talk and stuff like that uh, within the country. Uh, But no, nothing, I don't think anything, to be honest, rivals what Atlanta is, like the vibe and the culture.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I I asked that question specifically because, um, you know, I grew up in in California, Southern California, and once I came to the Midwest, uh, it took, you know, it didn't take me very long, but I started to realize that in the Midwest, all social activities revolved around food. It was like, hey, let's go up, you know, let's go over to this person's house, we're going to get some food, and let's go here, and you know, finally, I, I was like, man, isn't everybody tired of eating? Like, Let's go do something. Whereas in California, I didn't realize this because it's just what I grew up in. All the social activities are are uh, come around activity, you know, around activity. Social interaction comes around activity. So you go to the beach or you go on a hike, you go for a bike ride, you go fishing, you go surfing, snowboarding, you go to the mountains, whatever. You're always going to do something. We're here in the Midwest. It's, it's all about food. And I guess it makes sense, you know, here in the Midwest, half the year, you don't want to be outside when it's freezing. So. Right. You get together, yeah. you hang out outside and you eat some food.
1: Yeah. Which do you miss? Do you miss being in Southern California?
0: Uh, in the winters, I do. I, uh, <laughs> I miss the weather. A lot. I mean, I, I, people all the time, they'll tell me, well, I really like the season and I like having four seasons and experience it all. And I tell them every time, like go live somewhere where it's always 70 degrees for a, a full year. And then come tell me that when you, you never have to check the weather. You always go out, you have sh- shorts on, you know, Good weather to do stuff, so I miss that.
1: Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of
0: things I really like about the one
1: Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Yeah, it's 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 been cool. Like, I mean, San Francisco's a, a different like m- like microclimate, right? But like here, yeah. Yeah. To your point, like I know what it is every time I'm in the hoodie right now in my house, but like every time I walk outside, it's 70 degrees, right? And then I was back. Yep. I was in Atlanta two weeks ago, and I yep. was miserable. Like, because it, it was like 95 degrees, right? I was like, what? <laughs> super humid what is going on like how did i how did i play baseball in this how did i play three games a day in this right it's just so crazy like how your body adjusts and just like yeah i'm also to your point getting a little soft probably
0: oh my gosh so i I was so soft growing up there because i remember uh you know being in high school playing baseball games and you know it would get down into the mid 50s for a night game and we'd have our jackets on we'd be freezing and complaining about how cold it was and then i'd be Fast forward a few years, I'm in Iowa playing in the spring and we have to have a propane heater in the dugout just so we can keep (laughs) – it's a completely different animal.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's wild, man, and that's just – I don't know. What do you – do you think – I I don't know if you, like, know, but, like, do you think it's a different athlete there compared to, like – compared to Southern California from a baseball perspective?
0: Uh, You know, what I noticed – Iowa to California. In California, we played year-round, and there was just more people. So, uh, you know, a, a guy coming out of California high school, he's probably had 500 more at-bats, a 1,000 more at-bats than the guy coming out of Iowa high school. So there's more experience, more game knowledge. And in the denser population, I mean, you're always competing for a job when you're in California. The competition is pushing you that much harder. and It's more competitive. Where You, you go out to Iowa where – Guy, what I found was guys were just as athletic. You know, they're just as strong, just as fast. They didn't have the number of at bats. They didn't have the innings pitched and they didn't have the same uh, competition, which uh, I mean, can, can work both ways. I think one benefit to it is actually, uh, athletes might not be getting run down as much in the Midwest because they are forced to take breaks because of the weather. Where in California, it's go, 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 and, and your body might wear out. You might get burnout, things like that. So there's there's, there's uh, positive negatives to both. But it's not that the athletes are better in California. It's that they have more experience, and there's more people driving them because your spot's about to be taken.
1: Yeah, that's a great so, point. Know, what, what did you see? I
0: mean, you, you played everywhere. You played in Indiana. You played down in Atlanta. I mean, you were all over. We were in Wichita. What did, what did you notice?
1: Yeah, I think – I mean, I, I, I've always felt like Atlanta was the best place for me to play baseball. To your point, I got to play East Cobb. I got pushed. You know, you had to you, – you're trying to make those type of travel teams, right? That's difficult. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could have – I've thought about this a little bit now that I'm, like, here on the West Coast a little bit. It's like, I don't know what would have happened if I had, like, played out here, right? Like, what type of school I would have gone to, all that type of stuff. To your point, about, I think the competition there is just different. Um, mm. it's different to find your your place, right? Now, the nice thing is there's, yeah. like, a thousand UCs here, so, like, you probably pl- find a place to play or something, right? But, um, yeah, I have found that to be interesting. I would say my Indiana teammates, yeah, I mean, they were studs. Like, those guys, you know, there were three guys off our team that were, like, you know, in the first round, right? So, like, we were, yeah. we were good, and those kids were out of the Midwest. Uh, yeah. But I do think there's, like, a drop-off, right? Like, after your first mm. – Nine, fifteen guys, like, there's a huge drop off of, like, the talent, I think, you know, of who's on the Yeah. Team.
0: Yeah, yeah, the peak talents match up. I mean, I don't care wherever you're at. The good athletes are, are going to match up. But, yeah. It's, yeah, how deep is that talent pool? And a lot of that has to do with population and, and experience.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. That's would awesome, you, yeah. How would you have, like, handled the NIL stuff now? Say that again? How would you have, like, handled, like, NIL? Like, would you have, like, tried to find – like a, like a waffle house or something like that, that you could like oh. order with and advertise.
0: Yeah. I wasn't good enough. So I wouldn't have had to worry about it. <laughs> I, I would have skated under, under that radar. Uh, man, I, I can't remember. So the year we played together, I can't remember if I had a good year or not. Cause I had, man, I had really high peaks and really low lows. I mean, I, I, remember like it,
1: once. I, I think you did from what yeah. I remember. I mean, it's a long while ago.
0: Yeah, I would, I would have to go back and look at the stats. I either, uh, you know, did excellent out there, or I was terrible, and you know, I was just eating up garbage innings. So it's, <laughs> I was one of those guys. I, I had a high ceiling, but I had a low floor. I, I didn't quite put it together. I could throw hard, you know. I, fortunately, I was able to to play a few years of professional baseball afterwards. I played in the independent league, so I bounced around for a while. So I had some tools, right? I could throw a little to mid nineties. Uh, I had a big league curveball, but. Finding the plate wasn't always that easy. Yeah. So um, I had a lot of things to work through. I don't. I don't know that I would have been getting any offers, uh, even if it was from a Waffle House or uh, <laughs> a, lo- a local breakfast spot.
1: I find it so interesting, right? It's like I thought Well, I just find it so interesting now because you talk about the talent pool, and it's like, I mean, you could be okay, right? And if, but if you can maximize mm-hmm. yourself on Instagram or YouTube or Twitter or something like that, right? Some brand's gonna come yeah. and like maybe give you a little bit of money. So i think you can yeah, like yeah. you can almost position yourself differently now i think that's also maybe a bad thing because mm-hmm. kids instead of you focusing on like being the best player you are you're like trying to be the best yeah. social Promoter. media whatever how you want to view that right yeah um yeah, yeah. but i do find it i find it inter- i just find the whole thing interesting right i don't know how i would have handled it i'm not a huge social media person now so like you know, i don't know how yeah. i would have like done around it but like it's it's just interesting what you could have done with it if you were just like a middling person. Like, yeah. oh, I could still like, make some money off of this, you
0: know? Yeah, man, that's a really good point because, uh, I mean, they're looking for eyeballs. So if you can create a following, uh, it doesn't don't have to be the best player. You just have to create a following and you can get a deal like that. But, I mean, the good news is uh, for players that wherever you are, if you, you play hard enough, you, you got the right skills, the right talents, uh, you show up, scouts are going to find you. So if you want to play in college mm-hmm. ball you want to play professional if you get it done on the field, the right people are going to see you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. I don't want to eat up any more of your night. So, but before we go, do you? Uh, I know you do a podcast yourself. Do you want to tell people about what you're doing there and maybe where they can find
1: you? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. So I do a podcast with my brother. Uh, you can find it. It's uh, sports tech Atlanta seed talk. We do sports and technology. Uh, we try to have guests on like CEOs of startups or companies that are in that space that are kind of intersecting sports and tech, like I said, uh, and it's fun. It's fun to do something with my brother. So yeah, appreciate it again. Sports tech Atlanta. Thanks for giving me the shout out there.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I've checked out a couple episodes. Uh, you guys do a really great job. Uh, interesting conversation and, and, you know, you have a following. So, uh, it's not by accident. So congratulations on that, man. Anything else you want to say before we get off here?
1: No, man. Wait, thanks so much, man. This is cool. It's cool to like catch up with people. It's cool to like have conversations and, uh, do some cool things. So I love what you're doing. I can't wait to see, you see more of these. So thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll have to to do it again when we have some, some more topics to go over and, and let's catch up in the meantime. All right, man.
1: Yeah. That sounds great, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Take it easy, buddy.